Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Hello and welcome to Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. We're back on the air and we're ready for a big finish to the season. The 36ers are still in the finals hunt. We're not ruling it out. We're not willing to still to still dream because I think this team is capable of playing some really exciting basketball still. So while there's hope there, there's still plenty to look forward to. We're going to be here for the run home on Sixers Fix. Um, and I'm looking looking forward to it. We've got a massive game to preview up against the Sydney Kings right now. So we'll spend plenty of time getting stuck into that. I'm Chris Pike. Glad to be back on the air. But the legend himself, the man you've tuned in to hear from, the only man involved in every single Adelaide 36ers championship, Scott Ninnis. Glad to be back. Uh, good to be back, mate. This season's still going. It's, it's, it's never-ending. This, <laughs> this is just in, incredible. It's, uh, you know, like I, I just can't believe it's going and going and going. We, we've obviously yeah, dug ourselves a bit of a hole with that, uh, that last game against Illawarra, and obviously we were playing some pretty good basketball leading into that, but... Uh, I guess, mate, the margin for error is zero now. Uh, we just need to win every game. And, uh, you know, they're certainly capable of doing that. But, uh, you know, with the, the inconsistencies, inconsistencies that we've shown, we're certainly going to have to uh, uh, get on it right from uh, right to the start today. Yeah, absolutely. Massive game against the Kings. Must-win game. As, like you said, pretty much every game from now on now on is. And, yeah, in terms of the season... Um, Kind of does feel like it's gone on forever, doesn't it? I mean, I, I guess the fact that we've had games pretty much every single day since since Janu- January, and um, I guess from my point of view, when you're working for the league and covering every game, doing doing previews for every game, and there's at least one game every single day, um, it's been a, been a bit of a long five months, and maybe that's why I ended up in hospital, Scott. So that's been the reason for our little bit of a hiatus here on Sixers Fix. It was an unplanned one, but I'm... Pleased to report I'm feeling a bit better now. I'm happy to be back, and I just wanted to say thank you to you, Scott, for for showing that you're a true friend. You you reached out, you cared cared about me, and I really appreciate that. So I'm glad to be back with you here on the show, and I'm glad we got we got through it. And I hope everyone didn't miss us too much. Oh, exactly, mate. I'm just glad that you're okay. Obviously, uh, you're a little bit concerned about me for a while, and uh, yeah, there's not often. Uh, too many plans to go to hospital, but uh, yeah, look, we're, we're just uh, obviously happy that uh, you're okay and back on deck. And uh, um, yeah, I had to find out where all the cords were to, to, to hook up for today. It's uh, been a few weeks, but it's uh, good to be back on deck. Uh, now, you know, we talk about the length of this season. Now, it could always be worse, mate. You could be, you could be involved and play for the New Zealand Breakers, oh, who yeah. I think I think finally get to go back to New Zealand I think today. On a yeah, that is going to be, uh, oh my God, I, I, I can't even imagine what they've gone through this year. And I, I tell you what, I've been, I got sick of watching them play last night. I actually turned over to the footy. I just couldn't, <laughs> no, it wasn't couldn't, pretty. Uh, it wasn't couldn't, pretty. couldn't stomach them anymore. No, it wasn't pretty at all. But uh, yeah, look, it's, uh, yeah, you've got to be happy for those guys to go back and uh, uh, see their family as friends. I think they've still got seven, seven games at home yeah. to go. So it'd yeah, be great yeah, for yeah. the fans. Great for the fans over there to, Finally, get the team watch their team play live, and uh, uh, hopefully they can, uh, y- you know, upset a few teams along the way. And 
maybe even help us out as we uh, have that last-ditch effort towards the finals. I, I think their first tour against the Sydney Kings, so if they can knock off the Kings and put the Kings out of the playoff race, that'll that'll be a nice start. Well, there will be, but it won't uh, won't matter if we lose to them today, mate. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we, we need to... It's always interesting... Uh, you know, see how a team reacts. Obviously, it's been announced Adam Ford's not coming back as coach next year, which I, you know, I thought was a real strange one. I mean, there's been people here that, you know, a couple of weeks ago were talking him up as a potentially coach of the year. And, uh, oh, everyone seems that. To, yeah, everyone seems to have jumped off board now, yeah. but, uh, that, that's a real strange one. There's, there's something there I don't think we're being told. It's, uh, um, yeah, just a really, really hard one to work out. Uh, you, you know, at this particular stage, to, to announce that he won't be coming back uh, next year, and you know, not even all the way through his, his rookie season. Mm. You know, they've been devastated by injuries, obviously, and 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 have managed to stay in the mix. So I, I think he's done a pretty good job. But uh, uh, no, it's 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 very strange. Uh, I guess that'll all come out eventually, but. Uh, Interesting to see the direction they go from here. I was going to bring, I was going to bring that up during the show. Let, let's just talk a little bit more about it right now. What sort of impact does it have on him now, preparing for the the rest of the season while they're playing for a final spot? And what does it do for the team knowing that the coach they're playing for won't be there next season? We can talk about the Brisbane Bullets in a similar position later on too. Well, I guess it. I guess it probably depends on the relationship the players have yeah. with the coach. Um, you, you know, I think as far as you know, Brisbane and, and Andre Lamanis go, like that—that's announced early. You know, he's got another position to go to. He's been involved with all those players for a long time. It's not like he's been told you're not going to be back next year. Um, you know, you would you would imagine, you know, CJ Brute would have to be a reasonable chance to take up that position. So there's, well, I guess, if that did happen, there's a there's a natural succession plan there and, and a bit of familiarity going onwards, but. Uh, this is this is a really strange one. It, it, you know, I I can see the players, and, and you know, they're 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 running on fumes at the moment with with the injuries that they've had, and it's great to see Xavier Cooks back on the floor. But uh, you know, apart from that, they they've just been devastated by injuries. So you, you know, it, it it can go one of two ways, and and <laughs> be interested. Hopefully, there's one way we hope it goes tomorrow. Today, we hope they they pack up shop and. Uh, and we come out and have a really good, strong win. But um, I guess, you know, we have confidence with that overtime win against yeah. them last time. But, but then we also, you know, coming off an incredibly poor game against Illawarra uh, last week. So, uh, once again, you know, if you're a betting man, you know, the 36ers would just about be impossible to, to know which way to oh, go with them because they... Uh, they are, they are a nightmare to try and pick their form and, and, and sometimes it can be, be from quarter to quarter. It's a bit like uh, four, four seasons in one day in Melbourne, mate. That's, that's Adelaide 36 yeah. this year. So, uh, um, so I, I, you know, I, I've been frustrated that last game. Your season is on the line, you know, and, and, and you, just, you just have to come out and go down fighting. And I think that's frustrated me in the Illawarra game. Now, sure... You know, early on, I mean, those two fouls on Daniel Johnson were just disgraceful, and and you know, he was he was he conti- he was continuing on. He was rolling from the last game. Now, AJ Ogilvy could probably mm. <laughs> probably feel similarly aggrieved with the fouls that he got, but you know, obviously Daniel Johnson is much much more important to the Thirty Sixers oh, than what Ogilvy is to, to Illawarra. Uh, but then, even still, you know, once again, it gives other people's opportunity. To have 11 turnovers in the first quarter of that game 
and score 66 points in the game and, and have two players in double figures who, who both come off both the bench. Yeah. It's, just, it's just not good enough. And, and your season's on the line. I mean, it must just drive you know, Connor and uh, Jamie Pillman just absolutely crazy to, to, to come out. And, and look, look, I'm not... You take nothing away. Illawarra, obviously, you know, defensively were very good. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so I'm not sort of... You're not just sort of blaming... Yeah, everything on us, but you know, just that lack of urgency. Um, it, it just, it just, oh, I just say it cannot happen, but it, mm-hmm. it has been happening. Yeah, the I mean, season's on the line. Everyone is beating everyone. Yeah. Even at thirteen and seventeen, we get on a roll. You know, we, we've got a starting five as good as any team in the competition. Um, but no more excuses. Let's just get on there. If we go down, go down fighting, and uh, yeah, leave leave nothing uh, nothing on the floor. Connor was pretty savage post-match after that game as well. Um, obviously, the 24 turnovers were a concern. The fact that you take out the second quarter and they scored 38 points over the course of the other three quarters, but he actually called called the the players selfish and he wasn't referring to Tony Crocker and Jack McVeigh because he singled them out as two players that he was happy with. Um, I don't think he liked a lot of the shots that the guys were taking. I felt He's talked about ball movement. He's, his offensive runs is all based around ball movement and... There was a lot of quick shots in early shot clock on on Tuesday night, and gee, I mean, that's not the coach's fault. The players are just going out there and, like Connor said, being selfish. It's been a problem all year, mate. Uh, and I've spoken to Connor about it, uh, you know, various times, and, and the ball just gets stuck in hand sometimes. Yep. And it, and it and it and it is. It's it's a selfish mindset about well, I'm going to get mine. But yeah, when they move the ball, it's a thing of beauty, and they've got really? scoring scoring options everywhere. And, you know, they always do it well coming out of a timeout or the start of a game. They always seem to get the shots that they want. But then it, it just so, it's just so blatantly obvious when the ball gets bogged down on one side of the floor and, and, and you've got three people standing on the other side of the, of the court with their thumbs up their ass doing nothing. You know, it's just, uh, you just you, you know, you're screaming at the, the TV. <laughs> Move the ball. It's, it's so <laughs> yeah. so obvious to, to see. And, 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 and look, it's, it, it is... Yeah, once again, we, we you talk about the personnel. You know, Isaac Humphries is out today, and that's that's obviously a big blow. He, he you know he was sort of still finding his feet coming back into the into the uh, lineup. But once again, I mean that's that's not an excuse because Sydney have got uh, you know almost teams like half their team out. So you know, I guess I guess it brings uh, Pinder back into the lineup, and and he you know, he'd really started to show some promise over the last. Uh, you know, probably four to six weeks. I think he's we all started he's, seeing he's better, started yeah. starting seeing the player that um, you know we expected right from day one. So but, he gives him opportunity. Can't take those quick shots. He just needs to pass. No, them. he does need to. I know. I know that does. Uh, the ball does stick in his hands a little bit, and uh, it's okay when it's going in. And, and I like the fact that he's playing confidently, and, and that's that's reflect. But yeah, some of those quick shots. Uh, you know, he needs to move the ball on because he'll, he'll still get the ball back and yeah. still get in positions to score. So, uh, um, you know, I, I just, uh, once again, it's, it's <laughs> you just don't know who's going to turn up. But once again, it'll shorten the rotations today. Yep. Um, you know, Crocker and, um, and, and Jack will, will get the bulk of the minutes off the bench and, and Dan Dillon will get, get those spot minutes. And, and I, I feel that he's playing his role really well at the moment as well. Okay. So, um, I think you know you go out. There's a, you've got an eight eight man rotation, which I, which I like. I think shortening these rotations 
you know, some of the games we have been successful in has, has been great. Um, you, you know, you feel sorry for the guys on the end of the bench, but that's that's just the game of basketball. Oh, you know, it's all about winning at the, end, at the end of the day, isn't it? Absolutely. So, look, I, I, I mean, I, I'm as confident as I can be going into this game, um, and, and I just, I just hope they come out and just. You know, if they play hard, if they move the ball, if they defend and do all the right things, the result will take care of itself. So um, let's just uh, let's just wait and see. We've got uh, got a couple of the boys coming around for a barbecue this afternoon, and uh, a couple of a couple of nice glasses of red, and we'll just we'll just wait and see what happens. I suppose. Okay. Let's set the time for the, for the, for this game later this afternoon. Um, massive game for both both teams. Both the Phoenix and the Hawks are now in third and fourth, and they're starting to break away a little bit. So just a must-win game. So we've got the Kings right now. They've lost three in a row, and they're starting to, to struggle, including that ga- game last week against Adelaide that they lost in overtime. Then they put in a real stinker on Thursday, losing in Brisbane. So they're at 14 and 15, and we've got the 36ers back at 13 and 17. So in third spot, you've got the Phoenix 16 and 14, the Hawks 15 and 14. Obviously, Melbourne and Perth up on top. They're out of reach. So... Just like you said, no room for, for movement. All of a sudden, a win today, get to 14 wins. You're only a game behind the Hawks, and there's a game to come still against the Hawks in the run home. So suddenly, or two two more games against the Hawks, I think. Um, so suddenly, a win today, the hopes are right back alive. A loss today, I don't really want to think about that. Oh, well, I lost today, we're done. I mean, yeah. you, you know, like every, everything's going to have to go right from here on in anyway. So, you know, it's only the, the most optimistic uh, of fans that would still probably think we've got a chance at the moment. But it is being so tight. I think you're right. I mean, the Phoenix, the Phoenix are talented enough and have got those wins now that they're in. You know, Illawarra, I think, are the only vulnerable one. And I, I thought for a little hot second there that uh, New Zealand were going to do us a favour uh, last night and, and, and pinch that game oh, but probably, um, probably should have the Hawks are really strong the Hawks can't the Hawks can't really score right now no they can't and that you know I guess you know if, if the Nilawar ends up making the playoffs ahead of us this year that's a lost season because you know you look at their roster you look at our roster you know it, it's hard to say that they've got a better roster than what we have mm-hmm. um Especially you know, so, so and who they were expecting huge things from as former NBA players. Yeah, correct. So there, there's the there's the vulnerable team, but um, uh, once again, it's uh, it's not going to matter. Uh, you know, we can't look ahead to when we play them next time. We, we just need to take you know you have, the, the old cliche one game at a time. But uh, yeah, we need to win this game, and then we we, we get a couple of home games uh, next next Friday, next Sunday. Uh, you know, it's our last two home games uh, of the year, barring uh, you know a miraculous run to the finals. So you know the crowds, uh, the crowds are going to be good. That you know we should get uh, be nice to get sort of seven thousand people plus at both of those games. So, uh, but yeah, take care of business today. Come out hard, play the game the right way, and uh, yeah, then we get to come home for a couple of games. Let's talk about the home games. The home form lately has been unbelievable. We go back. We go back after after they returned returned home. So we had the NBL Cup and then three more road games and then eventually back early April we got to have have the first home game in a long time and that was a big win against the Hawks. Back that up with another big win against the Wildcats a, a week later, both double figure wins. Then we have a couple of tough well, we have a tough loss up in Cairns which ultimately could end up being very 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 costly. But then um, you know go to Melbourne and have a have a good win. 
decent decent effort against against Melbourne. Um, go to Tasmania, lose to to New Zealand. Um, but then you come back home, and that win against the Bullets was just a, a thumping one. Get to a hundred points and and to flog a team in the finals mix, back it up with a really good win against the Taipans, and and getting great crowds. I mean, the atmosphere at the enter- Entertainment Centre right now is fan- fantastic. Those four four home games in the last four four games, both all by double figures. Um, the atmosphere has been great. The team seems to love playing at home. The crowd seems to be enjoying themselves. It's it's a lot of fun to be part of. It is. It's a fantastic facility, and it's um, you know I've really enjoyed the home games this year. And oh, obviously, there's been some limitations with with crowd numbers with COVID, but uh, the numbers are still you know, really I think, good. I think, if you compare I, it to the rest I of think, the league. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, the, the smallest crowd we've had has probably been, you know, five and a half thousand people and, and, and that's and that's been great and they've there's been consistently good numbers. And and even with uh, you know, some of these games, you know, being announced really late mm-hmm. and being, you know, two, three days later, we, we still managed to put bums on seats, you know, even during weekdays. So it's a tremendous result for the club. Uh, you know, I've spruced about the move to the entertainment centre before, and uh, you know what a great move it has been, and the, and the crowds have backed that up. But uh, just touching on what you were saying before, I, I, and just changing subject a little bit. You know, those two losses against Cairns, you know, and well, those two losses against Cairns and that loss last week against Illawarra are the ones I really think are going to come back to bite us on the backside. You, you know, they they're just they were just you know, all games that we should have won, and um, uh, yeah, especially those two games in Cairns because you just can't get that, can't get them back. So I think, you know, I think we could be sitting here in a month's time and and, and be talking about you know the the season, and, and they'll they'll be the real ones that really sting. And I, I know when I've spoken to Jeff Angronigan, <laughs> he's of the same mindset that those two. Two losses were ones that really hurt and, and should never have happened. And uh, um, but uh, once again, let's uh, let, let's hope for a good game tonight. Let's hope for great crowds next week and next Friday night. It, it's it's Illawarra, yeah. you know who we, you know who who we, you know that that that'll come down if we win today. But let's let's let's. I just said let's only go one game at a time. But if we do win today. Yeah, there, there's your season next Friday night. You, you come in and win that game, uh, then all of a sudden uh, there's hope. You know, Illawarra will start to get a little bit nervous and uh, who knows what could happen from there. Just wanted to go back to the crowds. The crowds in Adelaide have been fantastic. The crowds in Perth haven't really dropped off, but boy, have they dropped off in Melbourne. Um, Brisbane's really struggling to attract anybody. The crowds in Sydney haven't been fantastic. So I noted after that game when the Bullets played in Adelaide, Andre Lamanis wanted to thank the crowd and, and noted how enjoyable it was to play in front of a crowd like that again. And then after his game in Brisbane the other day, he he just implored a better crowd to come out a couple of days later to support the, the home team. Even even Chris Golding on, on Thursday night over in Perth, he mentioned that it was great to play in front of such a big crowd once again, um, especially with Melbourne and Sydney. I think Brisbane's a, just an ongoing sort of project for, for the league, but how do we get people in Melbourne and Sydney to, to turn up? It's a tricky one, isn't it? And I think you can sort of, you know, you, you have an excuse. You can put a line through this season, you know, because of the the, the problems with COVID and, and being such a strange and weird mm. season. But there is an underlying problem there. Um, you, you know, something has to be done, you know, to, to get the bums on seats at those, uh, you know, in, in, the, in those two two big cities. Yeah. It's, uh, 
Uh, and, and you know, it's not like you know both the Melbourne teams are winning too. Yeah, it's absolutely. you know one of them, one of them's killing it. So it's not like you, you sort of got a team that's uh, not putting in a performance. I mean, you get a chance to go and see you know Jock Landau and Chris Goulding and Mitch McCarron and mm-hmm. you know or, or Mitch Creek and so on and yeah. so on. You're getting to see some uh, you know some pretty special players uh, you know apply their craft on a you know, on a weekly basis. Oh, I guess it is, once again, it's it's been, you know, this season gives you an excuse because, you know, a lot of the a lot of the games have been announced, you know, late. There's been, they've been all over the place. They've been in week, weekdays. I know that's, that's a problem. You know, whenever we get a Tuesday or Wednesday night game here, it's always difficult for them to get thumbs on seats. Yeah. Um, so I think you can, you, you can put a line through this season, but, you know, it's not something they can just sit on their hands, and I, and I know they won't be, and say, say, look, next next year we'll be good as gold. We'll be back on. Yeah, you know, hopefully, hopefully by next year it's back to a normal season. So the season schedule comes out. We started a you know round about the normal time that we would. People can plan a bit then too. Yep. It sort of makes it a little bit easier to say, okay, here's the schedule. You know, this here's a period where we've got home games. We'll take our Take our holidays at a different time, and and people do like getting into that sort of routine. I think so, but there still needs to be you know conversations as to uh, you, you know we, we we can't have this moving forward if we're going to promote this league and with a new team coming in as well. You know we can't have some teams lagging behind from a you know from a spectator point of view. You know we need to get all the all the teams on board and and getting rid of good crowds and. Um, you know that's only going to add to the uh, to the spectacle. Yeah, I agree. I do feel like going up against the football codes has an impact. We haven't had to deal with that for a, for a long time, so I feel like there's probably only so much, so many live sporting events a family can go to right now, and and maybe they're locked into going to their to their footy instead of instead of basketball this time of year. Well, especially that's the case in Melbourne, yeah. and, and it's, it's funny. I mean, as a you know basketball person all my life, I switched over to to the AFL <laughs> last night, you know, and that uh, you know that that's something I don't don't mm. always do. But it, it's footy season, yeah. you know, like especially in this state, you know, like it's 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 all consuming, as it is in in Melbourne and Western Australia. Yeah. It's it's an all consuming passion, and and you know you, you get caught up in the you know in the hype of the game. So yeah, you know, I. I don't doubt that, that that has a major impact. And as we said, the season's just gone on forever. You know, Melbourne had that hub as well, so they, mm-hmm. they've had a, a ton of games there. And, and you, you know, I guess there's a financial element to it as well. You know, you just, um, you know, some people can't afford to go to every game either. So, um, oh, look, I, I think it's, once again, it's, it's been the weirdest season in the history of the NBL by, by a long way. Uh, you know, hopefully next season, you, you know, as the as this vaccination rolls out across the country, you, you know, they can, people can start planning and, and sporting organisations can start putting out schedules and, and and we don't hopefully have the risk of borders getting shut down on if someone sneezes in, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, let, let's just say we get back to some sort of sense of normality from, uh, from everyone's point of view. Yeah, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but... We've gone more than 20 minutes on an Adelaide 36ers podcast right now, Scott, and we haven't mentioned Josh Giddy. Um, since, we, like, wow. since we did our last <laughs> show, he's been unbelievable. I mean, he's had three triple-doubles, and we spoke at the start of the season. We thought it might be a good result if he ends up being a first-round draft pick. Um, 
he's now going to be a top 10 draft pick. There's no doubt in the world about it. And it's just exciting watching him every single time he's on the court right now. It is. I mean, yeah, obviously he had a poor game, uh, you know, last game against Illawarra, but uh, he had a lot of friends there. And, uh, you know, the four games before that, three of those were triple doubles. And uh, I just love the fact that, you know, like, yeah, we had last year that Milo Ball, you know, put the cue in the rack after those back-to-back triple doubles and, and, uh, and they put him on ice because he'd done enough. Well, Josh had done enough as well, but I just love the fact that if, if, I'm, a, if I'm a scout watching him play, I'm like, there's a, there's a kid that's got some resilience and some toughness. He's made a commitment to a team. He's now playing out the season and and getting to really cares yeah. about his team. And they're the intangibles you, you look for. If, you, if you're looking for a, you know, for a great teammate, and he's backed himself. And by you know, every game he's coming out, he's improving his draft stock. And and yeah. you know, I don't think anyone would blame him if he if he did pull the pin because you know a major injury now would would be devastating, obviously. But uh, he's backed himself in, and he's shown that. Uh, you know, take the skill set away, which is incredible. I mean, to have a, a six or eight, you know, eighteen year old that can pass the ball and do what he does is. You know, even a couple of his moves in the Illawarra game, a couple yeah. of those spin moves and that, you just look at that and just go, wow. But, you know, what I'm, you know, what I'm looking for from a coaching perspective, if you see that the toughness and that willing to win and being a great teammate, well, they're, they're intangibles that, you know, not every player has, you know. <laughs> and I look at that, you add that to the skill set, you know, like I, I would expect him to go very, very high in the draft and have a, you know, have a really successful uh, NBA career, and it's uh, it's been exciting being able to watch it firsthand. And uh, you know, just comes from you know such a great family as well. It's uh, to me, he you know whatever he gets, he he, he thoroughly deserves. And it's uh, it's going to be a very exciting watching his journey. And I think a lot of uh, a lot of South Australians are going to have a new favourite NBA team next year, mm-hmm. depending on who who he ends up with. And um, you know, all, all the best to him. He's a uh, He's a fantastic young man, and um, uh, hopefully there's a couple more triple-doubles in him uh, over the next couple of weeks as well. And, of course, we'll always be able to say that on our first episode this season of Sixers Fix, he was our special guest. We'll always have that to have that notch on our belt as well, as well, Scott. Um, what I love also about him is that he's improving all the time. His game right now is a, is a much better full product than it was at the start of the season. He... He almost couldn't hit a three three point shot at the start of the start of the season. He's now pretty reliable. He was also very shaky at the free th- free throw line. He's now almost almost a lock at the, at that at that position too. Um, that comes through hard work, but I think it also comes through the coaching he's receiving at, at the thirty sixes. Yeah, although I mean that once again that's uh, that that shows you that he works hard and. and knows what his deficiencies are and, and continues to work hard on them. And, and I think you're right. It's also a testament to, you know, to the coaching staff to, to put that work in with him. And uh, oh, I think it's, I think it's, it's been great to see, like you said, the, the, the primary shooting was shaky early on. Um, now he's, he's shooting that with confidence. Um, and, and that only comes through, you know, repetition and, and shooting thousands and thousands of shots. So, um, that's once again. That's that's a great uh, um, tick for him. And and once again, if you're if you're an NBA NBA scout looking at that, or you know he's he's only going to get better and better as as you know he's as he matures and uh, you, you know practices against you know, has these games on a weekly basis and gets into the, that practice regime. So uh, 
look, the, the sky's the limit for him, obviously. And um, um, that NBA three-point line is another thing again. That's yeah, a, that's is, another yeah. couple of feet out. But but once again, it's uh, you know it, it certainly can be done. I mean, you, you look at Joe Ingles, who you know the rap on him when he was his first couple of years in the NBA was you know his, 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 yeah. his well his perimeter shooting was, yeah. was hugely inconsistent. Now he's quite possibly the best shooter in the world. <laughs> so it's. Uh, um, and, that, and that just comes through hard work yeah. and repetition, and, and obviously that extra distance hasn't phased him at all. And uh, um, you know, I'm not saying you know Joshua end up shooting it, you know, from what way he does, but it just shows that it can be done. And uh, yeah, hard work and, and repetition can take care of a lot of things. Before we take a look at some of the things happening around the rest of the league, I wanted to just touch on this 36er squad because I really like the squad. I feel like if Isaac was available for the whole season, if Brendan Paul had been here for the whole season, things could be very different. I like the front court of Isaac, DJ, and now that Keanu is playing better, I really like that mix with Jack McVeigh backing them up. I I like having Sunday Deck, Sunday Deck, and Brendan Paul and Tony Crocker as my two and three men, three men. I like Josh Giddy, obviously as the point guard, with Dan Dillon backing backing him up. I would like to see at least the majority of this group return next season. If we have a third import back in the league, which it looks like will happen, I would like to see an import point guard replace Josh Giddy. I don't really see if there's a need need for too many more changes. No, well, you're correct. And I think from a talent point of view, you know, we have a lot of the pieces of the puzzle. Um, you know, one of the things I touched on at the start of this season that I think we lack, and, and I think it still shows now, is, you know, who... Who is that guy that's the, the, who's that tough, ruthless yeah, guy that yeah, when sure. things are going things aren't going well is going to bring them all together and and yeah it doesn't and I'm not talking about an enforcer I'm not talking about someone that's going to start a fight I'm talking about someone who you know mentally tough enough to you know is going to be that on court leader that's going to pull everyone together and go we're making a stand here we're not getting scored on the next time down the court if someone comes down the lane. No easy layups. We're going to drop them on their ass and put them in the free throw line and make them work hard. You know, you know DJ is our best player, but that's not his demeanour. Yeah. Um, you know, Josh is an 18-year-old who's trying to find his mark. You know, that's not really his demeanour as well. I think they're all, you know, they're all real. You know, they're all competitors. Don't get me wrong, sure. but you know, who is that person that's going to pull them all together? I think that's that's what we've missed this year. I don't think we have that that guy, and I think. Perhaps there needs to be a couple of those sort of sort of uh, people with that sort of mentality, you know, that, that Robert Rose type ruthless competitor that's going to pull the whole team together and put him on his shoulder and just go, we're making a stand here, you know, like we, we, we're not going to get embarrassed. We're going to come out and play tough at both ends of the court, and and you know that can't just come from the coaching staff. That there needs to be players with those sort of mentalities, and and. and yeah, it doesn't have to be ten of those guys, but a couple of those guys, I think, really, uh, yeah, then makes makes life easier. Then the, the talent can really flourish, and you do have that resilience and toughness to be able to go out and and not back down to anyone and and just play really hard, tough, ruthless basketball. So, um, where that comes from, obviously, we're going to have a, a an import. Well, you imagine an import point guard will come into that mm. that role, and if you get the right sort of leader in in that role, that can that can change everything uh, as well. Um, you know, third third import. Uh, you know, if you asked me a couple of months ago, I I wouldn't have even talked about Tony Crocker for you, but 
you know, he's, he's shown over the last month that he's played some very good basketball and that shift to the bench. He's found his spot. He has. Yeah. He has. Um, but, uh, so yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's, I guess there's some options. Uh, you, you wouldn't expect, um, Brendan Tease to be back. I mean, he's, he's been a great servant mm. for the club, but, uh, I guess he's completely fallen out of the rotation now. Um, Unfortunately, but yeah. uh, so you, you imagine there'd be a couple of spots there. Um, you know, Dan Dillon's not getting any younger. I guess that that's that's probably a concern with Crocker as well. He's he's thirty four now as well. So so there there is going to be room to move. But if you can bring you know that that core back together and and just tinker with some roster spots and and, and make some improvements, you know, this team can go from from you know. Good to, to to great in a, in a very short period of time, and um, uh, that'll that'll be you know once again that'll, that'll be the mm. the role for uh, you know Connor and JVG and Jamie at the, at the end of the season to sit down and make those moves. But uh, you know once again there's there's some guys now that uh, you know are probably auditioning for next year. You know the the Tony Crook <coughs> excuse me the Tony Crockers and the Brandon Pauls and the Dan Dillons. Uh, you know the, these guys. Right now, you know, over these next few games, can determine whether they are back next year or not back next year. So that that's more impetus to to come out and play well and, and get those wins on the board. That's that's it's probably covered. The 36 side of things pretty well right now. Before we get to Connor Henry, so we we do have an Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry, thanks to Sports Card World on this episode. I just wanted to get your thoughts quickly on a couple of things happening around the rest of the league, Scott. So I've just got some dot points. I'll just get your quick thoughts on some of the other moves. Melbourne United, on top of the ladder, looks like they're going to take out top spot. They've now added David Anderson. Does that does that tip them over the edge as championship favourites in your eyes before we get to Perth? Oh, no, probably not. I think it's 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 a, probably a a good move from just a stability and, and that that you know that veteran player he can come on and play a few spot minutes. Um, um, you know, from an on court point of view, you can't expect a you know a forty year old to come in and, and change the you know the complexity mm-hmm. of, the, of the game. Uh, but he, he's just there as a as a veteran head, which which probably doesn't hurt. You know, having that guy around who's been there and done that and. Be more successful than anyone else in, the, in that squad. It's uh, you know it's a, it's a good head to have around. Oh, I still think that um, oh, I still think that Perth. Uh, you know, I've said it from the start, so I won't go away from it now. I, I think they're they you know all championships run through them. You, you add Will Magne to that to that list is uh, you know and and you know they they I know they had the hiccup against uh, United last week, but uh, yeah, you know you you see what brought. They did. I mean, to me, Bryce Cotton and, and Mooney are the two best players in the competition, and they're both in the same team. It's, uh, I think, uh, you, you know, and, and you add a, you know, a defensive presence like Magno to that lineup. Lance Lord is probably playing yeah. best basketball his career at the moment, and uh, uh, I still think the championship runs through them. I would expect, uh, you know, both those teams to, to meet in the in the playoffs, you know, in, in the grand final series. Uh, Barring something unforeseen, but uh, uh, to me, it's still Perth until until someone else shows me otherwise. I suppose. A couple more things quickly. Were you surprised that Brian Gorgian couldn't find a way to 
to get more out of Dengadel this season before the Hawks released him? It was a strange one, wasn't it? It was, uh, I, I think, you know, and, and, and sometimes we get this perception of, uh, you know, somebody who's an NBA player is going to come in and, and just tear this league up. And, uh, you know, when, when you talk about, obviously when you talk about the superstars in the NBA, they're, they're you know, the, the best players on the planet by far. But when you start moving down the end of the bench and start talking about, you know, those guys at the end of the bench and those role players, I mean, there's, they're, they're there is not much, if any, difference between the best players in the league here. It's, mm. it's you know, Cam Oliver's shown that. He's gone over there and, and you know, on that 10-day contract and had a, had a couple of really solid games for the Houston Rockets. So, you know, Jason Tate's, uh, you, you know, is, is having a great season. So there, there's not as big a gap as what people think when you start talking about the people on the end of the bench and the frontline players out, out here. And uh, oh, I just think, yeah, he just didn't show very much at all, and uh, um, yeah, whether he didn't fit into Gorge's system or or what, I'm not sure. But um, uh, no, he was he was very very disappointing in his time here. It'd be interesting to see his uh, his next move because um, you know you, you, you imagine you know making an Olympic team or another NBA squad is is uh, light years away from where he is currently at the moment, well, especially when the Boomers coach is the same coach that just cut him. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not a great. It doesn't uh, doesn't all that well no. for your future collection, does it? No. Um, just the last thing I wanted to touch on. You mentioned it already, but how good is it to see guys? Cam Oliver's the obvious one, but even Diddy Lozada, he he wasn't a great NBA player, but he's gone to the NBA and he, he looks he looks comfortable on an NBA court as well. Cam Oliver has gone and starred in the NBA immediately, having played in the NBL. How good is it for the NBL to be able to show that guys can step on an NBL floor one minute and then an NBA court a couple of days later and look right at home? I think it's incredible for the NBL. And Lazada, like apart from you know being good defensively, hardly showed anything. And, and you go back a couple of couple of seasons ago here with Terence Ferguson uh, with the Thirty Sixes. I mean, those guys hardly showed anything in the NBL, and, and now now NBA players. So I, I think it's it's a it's a fantastic to show that the NBL is, you know, is is a really strong, talented league. I think that's that's the important thing that you know these guys can come out and, and be role players here, and that can still translate to, to being a role player in the NBA. And, and it's it's shown to be a great breeding ground. It showed last year with Ball, and it's shown this year with uh, with Josh Giddy that um, you know NBA teams are, are keeping a really close eye on. Uh, you know, and what's happening here in the NBL, and that—that's—that's that's an outstanding thing. I, I think uh, you, you know it goes to show that uh, you know you get, you go back sort of twenty years. You know, some of the superstars we had playing then, um, you know, could have and should have, uh, you know, would have would have sure. would have played, had really good careers in the NBA if there was that sort of attention on it now. But it's uh, it's it's exciting. It's uh, it, it's great to sort of see. You know, and see these guys go and get these opportunities and, and play well. One more thing, quickly before I get to Connor Henry, um, you spent a lot of a lot of your career playing playing against against this, this man, and it was nice to see him get acknowledged up in Brisbane with, with his singlet re- retired. What are your memories of Robert Robert Sidley up at the Bullets, and how nice was it to see him get that recognition on on Saturday night? Oh, it's fantastic! I mean, he was a he was a tough nut. You know, the baseline bandit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my, 
the memories of him were you were always in for a battle. I'm very fortunate I didn't have to match up on him, but I uh, I certainly, certainly felt him a couple of times <laughs> and a couple of uh, couple of screens when I was chasing around, uh, you know, Leroy Loggins and Shane Hill and some of these sort of guys. So, uh, um, but you know, my my memory from him was was he was a winner. You know, like his his teams won and he he just played a you know, super important role. And, and you, you know, I guess as, as a little bit of a segue, you know, t- what I was talking about with what the 36ers need, you know, someone with that sort of grunt yeah, and that yeah, sort yeah, of perfect. toughness. Uh, and, you know, I mean, any, any team in the NBL would happy to have someone of his, uh, you know, of his toughness and ability these days. And he'd be, uh, uh, if you could bottle that up and put it into a player, you, you can, you can, uh, you get to win a lot of games, so uh, yeah, fantastic to see. Um, you know, I know he's had some, uh, you know, had some health issues, which obviously everyone's, you know, hoping, uh, you know, hoping he, he gets through. But um, no, great to see the recognition of the of the bandit up there in Brisbane. He was, uh, yeah, just a, just a, a lovable larrikin, and um, yeah, great to see that recognition. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you see how popular he was just by how many former teammates turned up for for the occasion. So it was great to see. Um, but now. Looking forward to touching base with Connor Henry again on Ask the Coach, and our fans have sent him some questions. They're happy to take him to task, and, and Connor's not afraid to admit when he's wrong. So um, he actually might admit that in this segment coming up. So we look forward to hearing from Connor right now, and then I'll be back with you, Scott, and we'll wrap up this this episode of Sixers Fix. Okay, we're with Connor Henry here on the, our Ask the Coach segment on Sixers Fix with, with Scott Ninnis as usual, thanks to Sports Card World. Um, now, before we get to some of our listeners' questions, Connor, it's good to good to be with you again. Um, I've been able to speak to you a little bit through press conferences, but this is the first time we've been able to catch up properly in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, how are you feeling now? You've been in, been in New South Wales for a week. How are you feeling heading into tomorrow's game against the Kings, even though, even though you... You now will will be without Isaac Humphreys, unfortunately. Right, we just we just announced Isaac will not play tomorrow. We're just uh, mindful of his lower lower leg uh, issues, and so we're just trying to rest him and see if it can respond with a couple of days rest before we get back into next week's two game. Mm clash at home so um look you and i haven't talked in a while uh i'm good we're uh we're doing okay we gave one back um as you know the other night in illawarra which was really disappointing to us after winning three in a row and and really playing well and playing some good stretches of ball but um i think we've uh, recovered from that and uh, we've had a good workout today so we're uh, we're up for tomorrow fantastic um before I before I move on, how frustrating are some of these post match press conferences for you? I, I I try to make them as painless as I can, and with some of the questions I ask. But then I have to listen to some of the other questions you cop. And is it extra tough because we're doing it through Zoom right now? I'm not sure what you see on your side of it, but it looks like it can, it can be tough work as a coach after a game sometimes. Um, you know, I don't I don't think it has anything to do with the with the Zoom or anything like that. And of course, there's always emotions. Um, that are after every game, both yeah. wins and losses. Um, you know, we're in a we're in a tough place uh, as a team just because of of the many injuries we've had. 
Um, we're trying to make a push to, to the finals and, um, and, and, you know, we've, uh, we, I think we've met that challenge the last five yeah. weeks, yeah. you know, and, um, and then the frustration crept in, of course, last press conference, just because of, I thought we were ready to go and, um, we didn't quite get over the line, but, um, you know, all the questions are fair. Uh, all you, 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 you journalists and, and, and guys that, uh, analyze the game and, um, you're all doing your job and, um, and you do it well. So. Uh, I think I think some of them might come across as a bit more fair questions than others, but we'll we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll move on. Um, some some of our Adelaide Thirty Sixers fans can be a little bit hard markers as well, as I'm sure you've learned over the last last six months, Connor. But we've got a mix of questions here, and we'll start with Nate Turner, who's a who's a favorite favorite of ours. I'm not sure if you've got to meet him in person yet, but I'm sure you will before before too long. So he's asked. Um, He's got a question for, for Coach, Coach Henry. I'd like to know how the conversation went with Crocker about moving to the bench to allow Paul to start and whose idea it was. I always find these tweaks fascinating and how it comes about. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know this question. I saw that it was posted and, and I knew that it was coming. Mm-hmm. So it's a great question. And um, it was actually, a, 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 I don't know, a 15-minute discussion Um it also was very kind of uh, the timing actually worked out because Croc was uh, beat up at that time um, and wasn't uh, quite fit. Um, and Brandon was coming with his fitness. And so it made sense to make that move. And Croc has been a professional the whole time. Um, he's come off the bench in his career before, as well as he started. Um, you know, he, he realizes that, if whoever's playing well is going to get minutes and is, who's also going to end up, you know, playing down the stretch and, uh, and, um, and finishing the game. So, um, the, the conversation went well, it was an easy, uh, decision at that time to be made because we were trying to bring Croc back and get him healthy. Um, and now fortunately we have both of them healthy and, um, and they're both playing at a pretty high level. Yeah, from my opinion, I think it's working great for both of them. They've both found their roles, and they're both playing really well. So I think it, I think it's working. Um, Luke Inglis, um, not sure if he agrees or not. So he's asked, why didn't Coach give Crocker more minutes against Illawarra when he was by far our best shooter that night? Yeah, um, you know he's uh, he brings up a great question, and um, I. I live with those decisions too. You know, Croc makes five threes. He's really rolling. Um, I, in hindsight, the game moves so fast and fluid. You're trying to create scenarios and defensively, you're trying to be good in certain areas. Um, game slipping away. Um, it's a legitimate question and, um, and Croc should have played more. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. Um, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of a different track now. Jason Crow, another one of our favourites, a former winner of our prize here on Ask the Coach as well. He's asked a good question. I'm, I'm sure you're probably trying to work out some of these answers yourself, Connor. He's asked, how often do you completely lose your voice during a game, and what is your recovery method to be able to com- communicate after game day? Because right yeah, now, you, right now, your voice is sounding fine. 
Yeah, my voice is. I think it's my voice is finally conditioned after uh, <laughs> however many games we've played. But uh, no, there are, there are times in the in the games where my voice uh, definitely uh, lo- I lose my voice or it starts cracking and squeaking and uh, um, you know. So um, now the, the voice just just recovers, I mm-hmm. guess. A good glass of red wine or two and some sleep, and I'm back uh, back to. Uh, um, <laughs> Loud, loud, a loud yeah. voice. <laughs> is this a new thing? Is this is this the first season you've had to deal with this, or has it been a bit of an ongoing problem? If you call it a problem, as far as my voice goes, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, no, re- I don't remember been, it happening ten I've, years ago, but maybe, maybe that's my. Memory. Yeah, I've always I've always been you know um, pretty passionate on oh, yeah, the, on the yeah. sidelines with my energy and and, and and things like that. So um, that's uh it's actually lessened a little bit from my, from my Perth days. I think I'm, believe it or not, a little bit more under control, I guess I'm all meant losing it. Has, have you always lost, have you always, has it always cracked a little bit or has it, did it? Oh, no, it's just always, it, it, it just always takes a beating turn. <laughs> okay. That's just, that's just part of it. Okay. Okay. Um, good question from N McEwer 78. We haven't had a chance to talk about um, this man. Um, yeah. So this is, this is a good time. So N McEwer has asked, how long do you think it'll take K Soto, for anyone who doesn't know, you've signed signed the big Filipino for the next couple of seasons. How long will it take him to adjust to the physicality of the NBL based on what you know of him so far? Well, we uh, um, there is no real high-level expectations for Kai to be able to contribute uh, when he comes in. We believe it'll take uh, quite a long process to build his body up, to get him acclimated to the physicality of the league, to the pace of the league. Um, it is quite the physical um, league, as you all know. Mm. Um, and so Kai, is, 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 he knows this. He's been watching some film. Um, he talks to a lot of people about the league. Um, he has always said to us that he can't wait to get here to really start building his body up and, um, and getting into it. So, you know, hopefully it doesn't take uh, a full season. Hopefully next season we have, uh, we are able to find some minutes for him uh, in, in a supportive role as a big, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's very exciting as well. And obviously it's, it was very popular signing. It's got a lot of, a lot of attention. So it'll have a lot of extra eyes on the 36s next season as well, which is never, never a bad thing. So that's our question for our listeners for, for this week. One of them will be picked out by the guys at Sports Card World to be a special prize winner. Thanks for your honesty as always, Connor. Um, now, as we wrap up, how do you feel a day before a game? What's your general, do you, general sort of routine the night before a game. Can you let our listeners in to see how a coach prepares for, for a game? Well, we always um, um, go on the road or whether at home, we always have some type of workout um, in that afternoon slot. Um, and it depends on our, our level of, of how many games we've played and whatnot. And are we going to work the guys hard? Or are we going to have a light shoot around type scenario? Well, we had a lighter one today. Um, um, because we had a good hit out uh, yesterday, so um, tonight, uh, as a as a group on the road, we have a team dinner. We're going to walk around the corner here to an Italian restaurant and all sit together and enjoy each other. Um, and that's usually on the road. Now, 
when I'm at home, it's it's pretty much more the same. Get through the day, get ready for the game the next day, and then um, have a nice meal, uh, relax, and uh, and uh, and just get ready for then tomorrow's shoot around, which mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll walk through um, the King stuff again tomorrow. Fantastic. No, really enjoyed catching up again, Connor. Look forward to seeing you in action tomorrow, and I hope everyone's enjoyed us being back in action here on, on Ask the Coach on Sixers Fix. Chris, thanks, buddy. It's great to talk to you. I'm glad you're feeling better, and um, and let's make sure we talk next week. All right, back here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis, of course, and thank you to Connor Henry, and thank you for Sports Card World to making that, that segment possible with Ask the Coach. And, and of course, we're back here on Sixers Fix all because of the support and ongoing support, and we couldn't thank them enough, of Australian Motors Mitsubishi and, of course, Premium Wine Tour Scott. And we'll be back next week with an update on our Player of the Year leaderboard to see who is on track to take out that, that major prize that is is on, on offer, which is a tour for four, not only for the player that wins, but also for one of our one of our listeners here on Sixers Fix. And, of course, thank you to Kelly Barnes and All Star Photos for all of the support he's providing Sixers Fix. We're looking forward to finishing the season with a bang. We hope for a win now against the Sydney Kings, which will really, really open up things for these last three weeks and make make for a pretty exciting finish to the NBL season. It's been great to be back on Sixers Fix. And, of course, I'll, I'll sign off. I'm Chris Pike, but I'll leave you with the man that you do want to see what he's got to finish finish off with, Scott Ninnis. No, you're right, mate. It is a, it, it's going to be a very exciting end of the season. Let's just hope that, that we're going to be part of that excitement. And obviously, it starts today against the Sydney Kings. Um, you know, it's 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 been a, as we said, it's been a long, long season, and uh, um, we're, we're still alive. Uh, you know, we're on life support, but uh, there's still a chance there. And uh, you know, winning against the Sydney Kings today, and uh, yeah, we're still right there with Illawarra coming in town next Friday. So. Just hoping once again to show some show some real resilience and toughness. Leave everything out there on the floor today, and then the results will take care of themselves. <laughs>